we're no longer fixated to whatever our TV screen is doing. Now we can take our work and put it anywhere. You are listening to Digital Perspective Podcast. Hello everyone, my name is Julio Barroa. I am a 3D digital artist, photographer, and beat maker. And I am Eduardo, and I am also a 3D digital artist and a coder. Welcome to today's episode. This is Digital Perspective, uh, a podcast where we talk about everything related to the digital artist. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about at the corner of art and technology. But before that, what's up today? So for those in the know with their life, or actually, to be honest, it's just a lot of work. So there's, um, really, it's just a lot of focus on getting a lot of my stuff together because I know like I'm done. And so it's finishing out the, the semester and graduating and, you know, moving on with, with life. And that's all there is to it. Um, with me this week, pretty much... Um, same thing, getting my life together with school. It's rough out here. But at the same time, I've been creating. I've been observing. Uh, I'm in more of a creative headspace than I had been at the beginning of the semester. And I'm really happy for that. I've been exploring some stuff with 4K video, um, more primarily on people than on uh, graphics. Uh, it's pretty fun. It's pretty fun stuff, for sure. Oh yeah, definitely. I, I I imagine it. You know what it is? It's like you're kind of you're kind of like nervous or you're kind of excited. You're like, yeah, Man, it's almost it. over. That's it. <laughs> it's almost over. But let's get to it. You know, let's. We do have to do stuff like differently this year, especially for people who like if you're a BFA student or have like shows to show. Obviously, everybody's been doing everything online. Everything's been doing doing Zoom, and. It, it's weird because like we did uh we did a lecture online and it went very well like 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 way better than we thought it was going to but it is it is different because you're not like you're just kind of talking and you're just kind of like staring at people like are you interested do you even care and and I we can't even do body language or feed from the audience energy because it's it's all through a stale computer screen. Most people sometimes are not even paying attention to it. They're most of the time on their phones. But that's okay. It's the age of Zoom. All right. So at the core of our technology, like, I know you are super excited about oh, this. Oh, I sure am. I sure am. So in the tech world, usually we try to keep up with that stuff. If you're a tech head, you probably know about the new M1 chip from Apple um, and all of this new stuff that uh, primarily, I would say primarily Apple is putting out. I don't think I have uh, seen anything new about computers besides Apple stuff. Well, outside of like what already came out with the uh, NVIDIA, the 3000 series, which is like if you if you're into power, like this is this is power to the max for for, for all you video game people, for everybody who loves rendering for AK. Like it's it's crazy. It's wonderful stuff. So that alone is going to be changing a lot of the ways that creatives go about making their work because 
oh my god i don't even i can't even begin to explain fully why like how much is gonna change like we are going to finally be able to use technologies that high-end technological centers will have from like years ago now we're gonna have like almost a first hand at these things because of all of this new technology that's coming out right definitely like it's i know for people like some people are like, oh, the graphics cards are like they're like excessive. I'm like, but are they really? You know. And now that uh, Apple's finally, finally in housing all their stuff to include their their chips, uh, I think is is a step in the right direction with their bringing their hardware and their software together. I think it's going to allow for a lot more a lot more use, especially for like uh, MacBook Pro users like yourself and I know other people who use like 3D programs. And, you know, it gives them a little more power. Like, it gives you guys a little more juice. You can do a lot more now. A little more juice. That's all we need. A little more juice. Exactly. For the on-the-go for the on people. Because obviously, like, if if you're using Apple products and you want to, like, get the most bang for the hardware, it's the Mac Pro. Like, that thing is a beast. <laughs> Absolutely. It's expensive, but it's a beast. Yeah. So that, that's that's kind of where you, you draw your lines. And and again, it's all a matter of preference. If you prefer to use a Windows product or you prefer to use Apple product, just use the thing that's right for you. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. No, nobody's going to judge you if you're using a Mac or using a Windows system computer. It's a computer. Everybody uses a computer for something. It doesn't matter the brand. It doesn't matter. I mean, it does matter the capabilities most of the time. But for us creators, it's like we need something specific and we just need that. Right. And your price points might be different. If you have a lower price point on how what you can afford, I would personally recommend that you go ahead and get yourself a Windows product and, and learn how to build stuff and stuff like that. But like if you have a little more money or you're just used to a certain type of product, then by all means continue to. That's all there is to it. Earlier we talked about that we did a lecture for our class. We talked about how the digital community that's using digital technologies for art is just like booming right now, especially in 2020, uh, because that change had, was so amplified and fastened by the pandemic. Now looking at places like Arctic House, it's like, whoa, this, this places are going to become the norm. What do you think about that? Yeah, they're definitely going to be amazing. Like, especially like once we get into the later 2021s where people can actually will be able to go into these places. By the way, this, uh, our tech house, they have locations in, in D.C., Miami, and, and New York City. If you are around those areas and you can access those places, you should. The experience is, is definitely worth it. And I think that's a really, it's a really good idea of like how digital art is going in. Their thing is art meets science meets technology and the things that you can do with it. Absolutely. One of their resident artists, uh, his name is Rafik Anadol. They use a lot of data to create work, and it's crazy. He uses GAN algorithms to create this data sculptures of, oh God, I think of anything, landscapes, the New York landscape, which is the craziest one that I think he's had because he's used literally every single photo that has been taken from the same angle looking over at the Statue of Liberty into the skyline of uh, Manhattan. He took every picture that he possibly could find on Google 
and any other any other image related database and he put all of those images and data into this program and created this beautiful ever changing video image and it was just crazy to watch i i didn't even go to arctic house to see this because unfortunately i don't live close to new york um which is the closest one i follow rafiq on instagram and He's constantly sharing the things that he's doing, even if it's repeated. Um, you can never get tired of seeing that work. Uh, and that is one of the things that technology is making us do. And this is one, also one of the ways that it's being presented and exhibited. Uh, another place or something else that's also doing stuff is Team Labs Borderless. So you're telling me about this. Yes, this is the first ever digital media art museum. It's located in Tokyo, Japan. Um, one fun fact about this place is that it's located in a commercial area in Tokyo called it Pallet Town. And if you know, you know. <laughs> uh, it's beautiful. It's a great inside joke. <laughs> right, right? It is. Uh, this is a, an immersive museum of digital art. So like anything that you can think of related to technological art, they're probably exhibiting it from video to installations that are managed by some sort of machine that has been program programmed to do whatever it is that it's going to do. It's wonderful. You should look it up. And if you ever get the chance to go to Japan, this is a must go. Definitely. Oh, that That's definitely something I want to look at. Because right now, like just looking at it online makes you really want to go over there and like immerse yourself in the, in the scene that's going on over there. And I think that's also like when you look at our tech house and you look at um, the team last borderless, like what's what they're doing. Like they have some parallels, but um, obviously the, there's differences in what they're doing. But you can see like a direction for a lot of like digital art and how things are being done there. Another one that's taking um, big leaps also, like or just very big uh, showing is uh, Circle.art. Do you want to tell everybody about that? Yes, I actually love this group of individuals. They are located in London, so they technically are a virtual gallery, but they do something very interesting, and that is that they use London's commercial center, which is called Piccadilly Square. They have the biggest OLED high-definition screen in the world. To me, that is mind-blowing to hear that London currently possesses the highest-definition OLED screen. If you don't know what OLED is, technically is LED that you can technically bend, make it into shapes. It's very malleable. Uh, you can do more things than what you can do with regular LED. You, you get brighter colors. You get deeper blacks. So technically what they do is that every day at 2020 time, which is 8.20 p.m. in military time, for two minutes, they will show some type of art that it's showcasing a local artist either from London or a selected artist that they wanted to showcase. Recently, they showcased AI Weiwei. I'm actually not too sure what they're currently doing, but I know that a few months ago, weeks ago, uh, they were doing something related to manifestos, which I love. But Circa, they take a very interesting approach, in my opinion, and that is taking a commercial center 
and turning that into a gallery of some sort. The best part about that is also that it's in an open spot and people can easily social distance. Isn't that wonderful? Oh, that's, that is. That's great. I know there's, there's places in, in the States that do stuff similar to that. It's definitely worth... I have to look it up, though, but it's definitely worth putting in the show notes where... I know there's places in Denver that has something similar to it. Denver the Gerati? Yes. Yes, there's a film festival uh, in uh, Denver. They do something similar every year as well. They use... They have, they have multiple... They have multiple screens. To yes, go they have multiple screens across the city, and they show work. I wish that we had something like that here in Providence. Honestly, <laughs> I think I think having it though, just having it in general, is good because it give, brings more attention to to like the artists, to what people are doing. We can we could you know locally, we have to talk to our you know our, our local art circuit for lack of a better word and. We could probably figure some stuff out. Imagine if we had those screens here in Providence. Imagine the art collectives that will start popping up just to use that screen. Like, that will be wonderful. Talking about art collectives, this is also one of my favorite art collectives that I follow. They are located in Russia, but they also operate in Los Angeles. But mostly in real talk, they operate worldwide. They're called Silas Vesta. They are an interactive media production studio. They're crazy. That's all I'm going to say. They're just f***ing awesome. So what they do, they have a situation similar to uh, the other sport, other places we're talking about with the screens and stuff, but they have, they'll take screens over that are already established. Like they had an, um, a Times Square version of what was going on. So they took uh, a couple of the screens, uh, a couple of the big, big panoramic screens and were just projecting their work onto it. And so, like, you'll have some stuff where uh, some of them wrap around the corner. So, like, you'll have to, like, follow the art as it's going around the corner. And I think a lot of that adds a lot of dimensionality to, like, what's what's going on with uh, the work itself. I, I feel like you can have it as a flat piece, like a TV screen and stuff. But imagine if your TV bends, if it shapes a different way. And I think they did a really good part of... They did a really good job at taking advantage of the stuff they had. They absolutely did. They absolutely did. And one of the craziest things to me about this, one of the cool things about this studio is that a lot of their work is commissioned. Commissioned either for a hotel that wants to attract new audiences or for a museum. Uh, they, I know they recently worked uh, in a museum in Berlin where they showed... They show some pretty awesome work that was a machine actually was involved in this, but they also had video. If I could describe the style that this video was made on, think stained windows. It was beautiful. It was all video, clearly digital made, but the style that it was uh, illustrated on, it, it looked very reminiscent like of the stained windows. Think any stained windows, no particular style, just in the way that stained windows are usually made. Okay, so like, so stained glass, like you know, I, I, because immediately like in my head it popped like the church stained glass popped in, or like the garden windows that they have that stained glass and stuff like that. Um, a lot of this is really like cool stuff, just in from the point of view of we're no longer fixated to whatever a TV screen is doing. Now we can 
take our work and put it anywhere. Like it doesn't not a small screen anymore. It's you know, it's big screen, it's you know, Teletron style screens in you know, online, you know, on your phone, VR, AR, like a lot of the stuff is is limitless now just because it's all about adapting and it's all about what can be done with what's or what's out there. If you're a digital artist and you're listening to us talk right now, look into this places that we just talked about. We're going to be leaving it under our description for this episode. So it's you have easy access. Right. But just, just so that you can hear it, it's Art Tech House, Teen Last Borderless, uh, Circle Art, London, UK. And because you say it better than I do. Celas <laughs> Desta, Digital Media Artist Collective Studio. Look into this, people. Look into these places and let what you see inspire you into doing great things. Because everything that you can do is greatness. Don't let anybody else tell you otherwise. And with that, I want to leave you with this quote by John Laster. And he goes, The art challenges the technology, and the technology inspires the art. You know, you can interpret it that in whichever way you want all right everybody uh thank you for listening to us in this episode if you're new welcome if you've been here before thank you so much for coming back please leave a review for us on uh your favorite you know itunes spotify whatever you listen to us to word of mouth to people it's really great and until then we'll be here have a good one Bye. everybody